Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond, a.k.a. Sheila. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we might as well just mention it now, because it's going to come up. Uh, yes. Like, what are we going to do? Pretend that didn't happen? Pretend that didn't happen? Uh, yeah, so canonically within the world of Criminal Minds Evolution, uh, Elias Voigt, the Sicarius Killer, listens to Profiling Criminal Minds. Uh <laughs> Not that the plug happened. we were expecting, but that did in fact happen. And I'm not going to pre- I know that one was a nice surprise. <laughs> it's oh. not like plugged our, our podcast or no, anything no, like no, that. He didn't, he didn't tell people to subscribe on Podbean. He's just like, just mentioning it in passing. He watches the show. And, he li- uh, like yeah. Elias Boyd. Yes, yeah. he listens to the show. And I might as well make my comment now. And we can only say we are so glad that we played a role in, <laughs> in, in Elias Voigt underestimating the FBI. Oh, exactly. The yeah. BAU. Because they always fix this stuff. They always sort this stuff. They out. will fix it up. They will get him. They no have how, to get him after the end of this episode. Oh, my God. They have to get him. Because the important part is, and this is what he missed in our critique. Uh, yeah, they're real bad at their jobs, but at the end of the day, they always catch the guy. Yeah, well, we never, we never say that. Yes, but, but, uh, yes, Elias, um, he, he doesn't seem to point. have, well, yes, but he's a, he's a psychotic serial killer. That's true. It's and true. he's going to, he's going to be able to outwit them, even if no other serial killer has been able to outwit them. It's true. All arrogant people think the same. Yes. Yeah, they so. all think they're unique, but none of them are unique. Yes. There are no there is no uniqueness. It's so weird. Oh, so much fun though. Oh. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was so much fun. Our legacy has been cemented. Yeah. In the uh, world of criminal minds. Exactly. We are now officially part of criminal minds continuity. <laughs> God, imagine how rough it would be if we had hated the season though thus far. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That really... would have been a little embarrassing. <laughs> a we, little rough, right? Yeah, yeah just for us. Just here complaining about it all season, and then they say such a nice thing about us, and like, oh, we feel like a couple of heels. Luckily, this is their best season ever, and there's no comparison. So, and and we love it. And just remember, it is the psychotic serial killer. Exactly. Who likes us? So who likes us? You don't us? have to. And you also... don't have to trust his opinion. No. <laughs> Oh, Who obviously nice listens touch. to us religiously. Well, 100%. We've <laughs> we've gone through all of the BAU's cases, so we're a perfectly good resource. Yes, now you have to wonder whether world. he's been listening to our to our podcast over the last 8 episodes. <laughs> uh, I think he's been a little busy. <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, this this whole business of being meta I know, right? Uh, it really does raise more questions than it answers, but it's yes. still delightful. It is wonderful. Oh, no. So we're very happy. Thank you so much to the Criminal Minds team for putting that in there. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because uh, this was one friggin' to get to I the mean, it episode. might be. I mean, it's it's their best episode. It was episode so tense. No, best episode this year. Best episode this year. I was just like. You're floored all the way so- through it. Mm-hmm. You're floored all the way through it because it's just one thing after another. They're fi- finally getting that tension level. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Sometimes I just had to stand back and say, I can't watch for a few seconds or, know. you know, 45 maybe seconds. Maybe a little pause. Maybe a little, pause. 
pause. Okay, pause. Get the heart rate down. Mm -hmm. Because it was unreal. Yeah. And anyway, so I, I, oh, we've got to start it, I guess. So I can't start with the beginning of the episode. All right. So the episode begins uh, with the first in a series of flashbacks we're going to get this week. Uh, which mm. is a really nice touch. They mm-hmm. want to get us... Well, and I mean, it's just a smart move to get us into the emotional place we need to be in before the season finale. Yeah. Uh, which it was a really smart way to handle it because, let's face it, uh, they don't need to do one for uh, for JJ and uh, Will because, obviously, we've spent a ton of time with them this season and we're already invested in their relationship. Right? We already know everything we need to know about the two of them, but a lot of people have a lot of other stuff going on that we need to check in on. For, yes. And we start first with David uh, yeah. on the day of his wife's funeral. Yeah. Oof. Oh, and he couldn't. Yeah. I mean, the he horror stay and of watch this. Or get put in the ground. Oh, but it damn. wasn't even that. He wasn't with her when she died. Yeah. Because and and I initially thought. It was like my first thought at that was that, okay, so this was the COVID screw up, Presumably, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, he yeah. couldn't go and watch her die. Oof. So she died alone. I mean, my God, are you giving him a whole bunch of grief and yeah. everything else? You know? To work through right here at the <laughs> to end. Work through and you, because my first thought when I'm watching that, so he's the one that's going to die. It does feel that way. No, I'm not sure that you. you I feel that way after I finish Get to the, the end episode. But at that point, when I'm watching, watching that it? and yeah. listening to him, I'm going, he's the one. He's ready to go. I know. It's it's what the episode makes you feel. But then they do all of the other ones this week. Yeah, yeah. All well, it's, it's you know, I mean, this is what is making this season so great. Yeah. For us, it's that you can't really clearly figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and um, okay, so let's get going. So there's David. It was yeah. it was it was. And the thing is, you so know, sad. oh no, it is terribly sad. But I mean, the amount of death he's seen and being there, and it's like how much he was wrecked by being there when his previous wife killed herself. Yeah. Like, you understand why he did what he did, but it does make it seem like he, and they phrase it ambiguously, but it's it's enough to make it seem like she was probably comatose and he couldn't be there to pull the plug kind of situation or as her body gave out. Like, they don't tell us the exact details, but that is the clear implication. That he yeah, we're face. going to. Like, yeah, I can't imagine she was dying and begging him to stay and he fled the room or something like that. Right. I have yeah. to assume she was out of it. Well, yeah, she was. She she had she had cancer and yeah. she was finally just yeah, out her of body it. was collapsing. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll never I don't think. No, we're never going to. No, I don't think we're going to find out the details, but I and think it doesn't there's matter. enough clues that we can say that's yeah. probably what was going on. Yes. And even if it isn't, that's what we want to believe. So there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, then we get a fantastic scene with him and Sydney, which is Voight's wife. Mm-hmm. Ah, him uh, asking what's going on. Uh, is this your husband? She recognized him and miraculously... Uh, <laughs> 
Elias calls that exact second, right? Yeah, well, she tells David, never yeah, forget, yeah. she tells David that she doesn't recognize him. Yeah, that it, well, yeah, she uh, she's like, yeah, maybe, but she's non-committal, I think is the best way to say it. Because it's not like she specifically says that's not him, but she like does, does not confirm that it's him, is I think the key point there. Because right. he was in Chattanooga. Because he was in Chattanooga. So what would my husband be doing in Chattanooga? And now, oh my God, does then, he is he off like uh like right on top of things? Mm, he is so good at lying. This man is uh, that was the astonishing yeah. thing about this. All of these I mean, I sit here and go, I know it's the writers, but of course it's the writers. You know, this man the character this they've man, built. You this can... man is so fast on, mm -hmm. as we say, fast on his feet. Yeah, he is. He, I, he doesn't miss a beat. He finds out Dave Dave is there. David is there. And he immediately like, okay, what can, what can I tell my wife? Boom. Uh, so there is, uh, I didn't get fired. I, I had to leave my company because shady stuff was going on there. And I think the FBI is involved. Right. So boom, there you go. Yep. Very nice. I will be right home immediately and I will explain everything to you. And then we get, what I love is how much this show is comfortable. And this is something we've always talked about. Yeah. Right? About them, how what they should be willing to do. How comfortable this show is with having the characters figure out something without immediately spelling it out to you. Yeah. Because the minute... David sees her, he's talking to her like, I've, I've got this. And uh -huh. then we, and then the next scene, right after he leaves, we see him at the FBI office yeah. saying, yeah, uh, she looks exactly like the realtor from last week. Yep. So I'm pretty sure this is the guy we're looking for. <laughs> Cause that would be a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. And if Void, and he might've been able to, talk her into this stuff if Voight hadn't called at that moment. At that moment, yeah. Like, he I might mean, have been able to. You're right. At least talk her into considering that there's a serious issue here. Exactly. But Voight got there at just the right time. Oh my god. But yeah. And I just like that he recognizes the importance of her looking like uh, the real estate agent immediately. And they put that in his performance instead of in a line of dialogue. I know. Because they trust the audience to get it. Yeah. Oh, such a nice touch. But again, that's what the show's like this year. They trust the audience. Oh, and he lives in Redmond, Washington. There you go. So hmm. North Redmond. <laughs> North Redmond, Washington. There you go. So they get a background on him, right? Uh, interestingly, we, uh, we find out that they got married 15 years ago. So... Uh, I, I know that this isn't a big deal because it's the first one big deal. So I'm like, how old is that daughter of theirs? Did they have to get married? Because uh, she's well, in high school. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying they 100% married because she got married because she got pregnant. That's I, I. I'm making that call right now. Yeah, I would. I would make that call. Yeah. Now she might be fourteen or fifteen, but she's, she's around. In, no, she's in high school, meaning you have to be fourteen or yeah, fifteen. Yeah, she has to be yeah. fourteen at least. And I mean, maybe that she got into that special school because remember that was the whole thing earlier on that was she, she, gonna be she able got to into that to go to special, special high school. So yeah, she, it might. I'm just saying it's, it's an implication. Who can say? 
Yeah. Uh, but the point is, he says, I'll explain everything when I get there. They're tracking down the family. It's, oh my God. It's so, t- this episode is such a rush, right? Yeah, it is so. Yeah, it is like, they're they're moving so fast, right? Yes. All right, so. Uh, and the point is, they know he's in network security, meaning he is 100% capable of setting up all of the stuff that Sicarius needed to set up to keep things secret. Yes. Right? And they have two kids. One is 14, one is 10. So there you go. And the question becomes, hmm, is this having a family a thing you can do? Well, and they find out right away because they plotted against their chart. There were like a couple of months where he didn't kill anybody right around the time of both births. So yeah, it's entirely believable that this could be a situation. They mentioned two uh, Dennis Rader and the Green River Killer, both of who had kids and paused around the time. So they're like getting in the little nods to other uh, character, uh, you know, other famous other serial, serial killers, killers who had similar MOs. Like they're doing all of the classic criminal mind stuff we love. Yep. It's such a nice touch. Oh my God. Oh, all right. I but guess. now they have to go and get the AG to sign off on him being, you know, allowed. Opening up. Yeah. On opening them being up the allowed case again. to do the case again. And then just as they go to do that, Voight shows up at the Seattle office to see David. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. But just remember one thing. that Because we did complain about this the last time they went to talk to the AG. Yeah. This time. They're this bringing time, forensic evidence. Emily says, in the next hour, you get all the forensic evidence you can. Yeah. Like, together. Oh, yeah. And we'll go see the AG. I guess Whoa. you uh I guess you noticed that maybe just giving her a profile yeah. wasn't gonna cut it this time. Yeah. But yeah, they're learning. They're learning, and that's the point, right? Yep. All right. So uh now we get uh this week's quote, which is not a quote from everybody. It's an uh, it's an explanation of the concept of memento mori. Uh remember you're gonna die. Uh and they he doesn't explain the context of like why a Roman slave said that to a general. They're like, Roman uh, generals would be assigned a Roman slave to say, remember, you're going to die to keep them humble. And I'm like, yeah, but there was a specific reason you had to keep them humble, which is, and there's just a little bit of history for you. There's a thing in Roman history called a triumph. Basically, if you did a military victory that was significant for the state, right, uh, they would treat you essentially as if pre the emperor, as if you were a god, or if, you know, once the emperor happened, if you were the emperor for a day, you would be, you know, feted throughout the city and everyone treated you like you were the utmost and most important person in the city. And that's why you had to have someone standing next to you saying over and over again, don't let this go to your head. Because, <laughs> spoiler alert, a lot of them let it go to their head. A lot of those generals If you know that. anything about Roman history, a lot of them thought, hey, you're right. I did do a... Um, I did do a really good job there. Maybe I should be in charge. And that never led anywhere good for anybody. No. And the other thing, though, you see, for me, th- that is not ever the first place I go with Memento Mori. Right. I have this little book by Theodore Adorno. And I tell you, this thing is tracking my life like you wouldn't believe. Really? Um, but he wrote this little he wrote this this little thing with just little thoughts and everything in it called Memento. Oh, uh, Maury. Nice. Yeah. And it's got a black cover and it's 
Yeah, it's it's my thoughts before the end. Ooh. I uh, mean, yeah, anyway. Uh, it's, here's it's an inter- oh, and here's one more interesting fun fact about Roman history in case you're interested. Um, one of the major, dist- and this is why, by the way, uh, you shouldn't overpraise people. One of the major destabilizing forces um, in Roman society was this uh, the idea that got built up around this triumph because effectively the only way it became that no one valued stability in Rome. The only thing that could make you a famous person and let you move up if you were already on the top echelon of society was military victories. Yep. And so Rome... You're like, why did Rome fell? Well, maybe they shouldn't have kept running around starting wars constantly. (laughs) I know, I've started that already with my class last night. And the reason is because their society was a martial culture that only respected people who won great victories. Meaning, you had to constantly be doing combat. I mean, look uh, look at Crassus. One third of the triumvirate, the richest man in history, and he's like... Instead of just enjoying that and managing an empire, he's like, oh, let's go invade Syria. (laughs) Let's go and try and take over Syria. And you know how that ended? With him having molten gold poured down his throat. Ah, yes, but they did take over the Seleucid Empire. They did. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was the, but that was the big point, right? Absolutely. succeed, but. Yeah. Uh, that was eventually a they succeeded yeah eventually they succeeded and, but how long did they succeed for that's the point like these kind of invasions it just pisses people off long term yeah i mean unless you could make them roman the way they did with you know the germans and the french although even that had its own issues but you know well, this and- isn't a roman history podcast there are plenty of those out there <laughs> there are lots of those and go watch kings and generals there you go Uh, No, but it's just an interesting thing to note that it's like, it really is a good thing. Like the pride being the most dangerous thing is kind of the point. It's what's going to get Elias killed. Yeah, of course. And by the way, pride being the most important thing is what might get David killed. Like this quote is one of their most accurate quotes to use in an episode of the show, because this idea that pride will get you killed is central to what's going on this week. Or as we as we used to say, pride goeth before, before fall. a fall. Exactly. All right, and time for the next it. flashback. This one is to when Tara met her girlfriend at an Al-Anon meeting. That's yeah. right. They are both the ex-spouses of uh, alcoholics and, and they children both of had, alcoholics. Yeah, and children of alcoholics. So yeah, they were both in a position to, uh, oof, really need this kind of support and it's so crazy crazy seeing tara in you know something close to therapy but all of these characters want to be healthier now and i love that for them (laughs) i love it so much yeah yeah but yeah Yeah. that's how they met at a support group which not the best place to pick up people but you know what it works for them it works for them right well yeah and uh it's as uh Neville, my long-term therapist, our family therapist, said to me once, he said, AA, he says, this is too much like a religious cult. He said, but you know, Al-Anon yeah. and, and of course, the 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 um, groups, the support groups for children of alcoholics, he says, mm-hmm. yeah, they're really good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's a lot of cult stuff in AA. 
Well, it it is. It's A-A-N-A at the rest of it. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. But hey, it keeps people on the straight and narrow. I get it. That's, that's, yes. I, you know, my argument for Tom, Tom Cruise in Scientology. Yeah, yeah. It straightens people out. There's, there's a lot of bad stuff in Scientology, but it does, has a history of getting people uh, on the straight and narrow when their lives were, you know, collapsing. Going, yes, collapsing. Which is, you know, of course, that's how cults get you. That's how they find Let's people. Back to Spoiler this. alert. That's also what this season of television has been about. This guy who built a cult out of all of these people at the edges of, uh, you know, the edges of sanity who are losing it and so full of hatred. And he found yes. them and he brought them together. Yep. So, yeah. Turns out this is all appropriate. All right. So they go to the they go to the AG. Right. They point out, look. He lives near the ship. Uh, he lives near the first shipping container. We've got proof of him within a hundred miles of the second shipping container. Everything about him fits our profile, right? The the phone calls. This is huge. But she's not convinced. But she gives them forty eight hours to look into it. Yes, because Tara's girlfriend intervenes. Yep, and, and said you don't want egg on your face if they're right. Yeah. It's going to look bad. You at least have to let them check it out. Yeah. Whoo, she's come around. But unfortunately, uh, the department has decided to punish her for, you know, helping get someone off death row, which might sound unrealistically evil of them. But, you know, that's just how prosecutors are. They would rather innocent people die than they have to admit a mistake. So, yeah, this is going to hurt getting someone off death row will likely hurt a career. So she's transferring to Sacramento's FBI office to work as legal counsel there. Oof. So, yeah, it looks like she and Tara are going to be breaking up, which Tara is none too happy about. Very clearly. And now we get the scene that we've been waiting the entire length of the show for. <laughs> where... David actually sits down with Elias and talks about, and Elias gets to talk about what a fan he is. Uh huh. Yeah. And just like, hey, you know I'm the killer. I know I'm the killer, but I'm not going to give you any details. Yes. Well, of course, he doesn't say it. I mean, he insists that this is ridiculous. And here's my phone. Here's all my. But he specifically brings up a case. In one of yes, the books. The acid. The acid. Remember that we've been talking about the acid case this whole time? Well, yep. he brings up the acid in the body that was taken apart. And I'm like, oh, they haven't forgotten about the acid. We might finally get the acid in the last episode. And uh, but he also does it because he know, knows David has had access to the container as a way of taunting him. Well, you see, and here's the point. They only know that he's killed six, uh, 52 people. Yep. We know that he's killed more. Yeah. So maybe the acid one was already in one of the other ones no, as well. No, it was in, uh, no, he specifically mentioned it was the first the one that it was in the first container. Yeah. yeah. That like they found uh, records that he had taken apart bodies and then dissolved the pieces in acid as part of his experimentation for how to make sure the uh, body get rid of, uh, bodies getting rid, uh, all get rid of. All got, all are gotten rid of. <laughs> I don't know why I got lost in that sentence. I apologize. But here is my favorite part of the scene. Okay. Is he says to it, uh, David, do you ever worry, you know, that as you write all of these details of the serial killing in the books, that that's going to get back to the serial killers? And give them, give them a yep. roadmap? Give them a roadmap for how to get away with this stuff? And 
Oh my <laughs> god! Because the thing is, I mean, it is a documented fact that serial killers tend to be fond of true crime. Well, like, yes. After all, what was it? Christopher What's-His-Face had the collector. Yeah. Oh, that well, that's not true crime. But yes, Christopher Wilder. But it's like... Uh, Christopher Wilder, all, yes. All serial killers I, I, love the collector. Excuse me, yes. Because it's a very yes. beautifully written book yes. told from the point of view of a serial killer. I doubt yeah, any of them go. have ever read the second half of The Collector. Yes. Which we did, and we did discuss. Oh, no. We've got a whole episode if you want to hear it. But no, no. Like... Yeah. It's it's amazing how serendipitous the timing of this is, because yes. you, the Idaho murders, right? The you you of course oh, heard geez. about the yeah all of don't, the teen don't. all of the students getting stabbed in Idaho. Well, who did it? A true crime obsessive who used his studying criminology and true crime to try and plan out a perfect murder he could get away with. And well, he the didn't writers, succeed. well, he didn't succeed because you know traffic cameras exist. And, like, people had seen him lurking outside the house and phoned the cops. Thank God for nosy neighbors. Uh, but it's just really interesting to me that, like, what Elias is saying here, it, they could have written it about this real-life crime, except they wrote it before the guy did this. Yes. So, like, it's it's weird that the killer has the most insightful thing to say yet on the show. Well, the, the one thing serial crime. Yeah, but the one thing you have to you have to give Elias credit for yeah. is that he is or what it's not it, he is very smart. Oh yeah. This is a man who is very very smart. Mm -hmm. And as we know, can think on his feet, can figure out how to do things and use people. And I think he went to see David in part because David was in some ways his hero. If he read everything that David has ever written. Yep. And, um, you know, so I think that that was, he probably in somewhere in his mind, he's always wanted to meet David. Oh yeah. 100%. Right? So well, and that's why they do that little interchange about whether he actually really got obsessed and ruined his life over hunting these serial killers. Yeah. Like, is that just for the book or is that something you really did? Because he wants to know, because he has, and yeah. later in the episode we'll prove this, but he has profiled David. And yes. he needs to know if his profile of David is right. And that's why he asks him, was that just for the book or did you really do all that stuff? And David responds with pride at how yes. he ruined, he blew up his marriage and ruined his life trying to catch a serial killer. Yes. And that is all the information. And he doesn't realize what he just said to Elias. Because if he dies, he's probably not going to die. Because, again, it would be too obvious at this point if he's the one who died. But it's like, he almost gets killed this episode. And it's because of the arrogance that he just exposed to the To killer. Elias. Yeah. Damn! It's, it's such a good episode. Yeah. Memento Mori. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the arrogance that gets you. And so they go back, uh, they go over all of the locations he's been, and the only time, and he has created a fake track record of where he was for the past, you know, year or so, however long is on that phone and uh, laptop, that of course ties him to none of the crimes. And of course it wouldn't, because every time he went to bury a case for somebody, I'm sure he left his phone behind somewhere else, you know? 
Yep. I'm sure he's very careful about that. But what's interesting is the only place they can tie him to, and this shows how smart he is, are Chattanooga, where he's been caught on video. And yep. more importantly, uh, and I like the little note that he knows to make it, to not hide that because his wife mentions him being seen on the video in the call. And the second one that he knows right away is, I was in Washington, D.C. There are cameras all around that park. So it's yep. not it's not going to be smart of me to lie about that because they definitely probably have footage. And the show doesn't mention it, but 100%, like, that's yep. what he must have thought. They're thinking this extra level, right, of what the killer is up to. And I'm loving it. <laughs> no, we're loving this. It's so, so good. Uh, and, of <laughs> course, unfortunately, uh, they do have someone who can identify him, but she is refusing to cooperate for pretty obvious reasons. Yes. The wife lookalike. Yep. Uh, why, she knows. Uh, she knows what's going to happen to her if she talks, so she's uh, refusing to help. But Garcia's like, yeah, but Tyler saw him in the apartment 17 years ago. He must be able to identify him. And so Tyler comes in, flanked by Will. Will! Because technically, his sister's abduction is a DC Metro case, and Will is a DC Metro cop. Oh, everybody's here this week. Everybody, which means next week, everybody, everybody we're still going to be, be terrified yeah. for that who. Literally who anybody gonna... but Emily could die next week. Yep. Those horrible monsters. How are they doing this to us? Yes. We love it. Yeah. And so obviously, and again, just surrounded by smart people, <laughs> uh, Tyler recognized him immediately, but lies about it. Because he yep. wants to get personal revenge because of arrogance. I yeah. looked at that and I thought, shit, he's going to try and kill him. Yep. So so is Tyler going to get killed? We'll, oh. we'll stay tuned for the next half an hour. I know, right? As oh we go through God. this. But, oh, uh, but yeah, Luke immediately knows he's lying, but he won't talk. And Garcia asks him if he's lying and he still won't talk. Because again, and like he he values her and he cares about her, but this is the last seventeen years of his life. Yeah, and he lies to Penelope. Oh, I know. And, and so, she knows it. And she knows it. But what can she can't call him on it? What could she say? Yeah, she doesn't have anything. Oh, all right. And now we just get a fantastic scene with Elias and his wife telling an incredibly good story oh, about how I the company he was working that. for is. Uh, is laundering money for people using crypto and they know him and they're on to him and corrupt FBI agents are in on it. He's like, here's a dead body. She's like, is that our neighbor? Like, no, it just happens to look like him. Wink. Uh, but as you can see, like his he, wife is going to put that together next week. I'm oh, sure. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, he's missing. Right. And the thing is, and she's like, well, what if the FBI needs witness protection? And he's like, I worked with this guy and he mysteriously disappeared and wives don't put out, you know, missing person stuff for their husbands if they're in witness protection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, he's good. That story was good. I would have believed it. Yeah, he's so good at it. Particularly in a world where, you know, cops uh, and FBI and stuff. unbelievably corrupt. Like In the real world, you know. Right now, like we're we're literally, as we're recording this, over the past three days, news has broke that, oh, yeah, uh, the FBI agent who uh, said that Trump had nothing to do with Russia, 
and exposed Hillary Clinton's emails a week before the election, he was on the payroll of the Russian government. <laughs> so yeah, in this world, it's fine to not trust the FBI. <laughs> that literally happened this week. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, it's it's such a sale. There's so much corruption. And of course, everything involved in crypto is incredibly corrupt on its own. So there mm-hmm. you go. Like, she has every reason to believe him. She wants him to believe him. And he's so great at lying. Oh Again, my God. I he... love this I, guy's I... performance. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He doesn't miss a beat. No. Like, he sells it so well. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, and she's like, and of course, he's like, whatever you do, you know, don't get in a car with the FBI agents. You'll never be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Then we get a, uh, another wonderful, wonderful scene where they're like, uh, uh, David says, maybe I can get to the wife. And Emily makes the call to, Hey, don't be gentle. We only have 48 hours. Mm-hmm. It's like, Ooh, Emily. Oh, wow. That's, that's a bit that of a stretch a, there. Well, it was a bad mistake. It's a bad call on her part. Yeah. Now, then David gets a call from Garcia, which is a memo saying, hey, it's me. Uh, just thinking about you. And it's obviously an intimate phone message. And he's like, why the hell would she send this? And of course, she didn't. It was a message that Tyler copied and used it to put a location bug on David's phone. Yep. So he know. And the thing is, he's a smart guy. He sees that David isn't with the rest of the team. And he knows that they've found the killer. So it's like, well, he's like, David must be looking into the killer, which completely reasonable thing to assume. So he calls, he gets the location tracking. Ah, and he flies out to Seattle. Oh, poor Tyler. And now we get Tyler's flashback, which is a delight. With Uh, his sister and the baby, he's holding the baby. mm -hmm. So is Penelope going to get pregnant? Oof. (laughs) Who knows? If he survives all if of this. If he survives. Because we, yeah. We, we're at the end of the episode. We don't know. But, no, uh, we don't know. All right. We cut away <laughs> to uh, Sydney packing up for the road trip she's about to go on mm-hmm. to escape. And this is where David confronts her and does again. A fantastic story of profiling her based. And it's like, I've done no real research into this woman. Or no, he makes it seem like he's done no real research into this woman. And... It's such a great trick he uses to make her seem like uh, he can see into her heart. But it's like the whole team has looked at her past, right? Yeah. You know, tough child, abusive dad, victimized mom, right? And he says that, and she's like, how could you possibly know this? And he's like, because the wives of serial killers tend to follow a profile. And he's like, yeah, also I looked you up. I'm in the FBI. But he doesn't tell her that because by making yourself seem more powerful you make people more willing to uh, go along with what you're saying. Right. Yeah, but you, that, they, they, you convince them that there's no way you could lie to me because I already know everything about you. Yes. Except that that's a mistake because as she says, well, you know, I was willing to listen to you until you said serial killer. Yeah. Like there's no way she can believe that her husband is a serial killer, but the idea has been planted in yeah. her mind. Yeah. I no, mean, it, it's, and it's I'm not thing. sure. Yeah, I know it's a really good scene. I'm not sure that David did it for that purpose, but we know that 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 idea is now in her head. Oh yeah, this is going to pay off next week. Absolutely, it's got to pay off next week. Yeah, 
That's all we can say. It's got to pay off. No, no. I I have to assume it's going to pay off next week because there's no other reason to do the scene the way they did it. Yeah. And he chases her out to demand that she listen to him. And Voight catches him stalking his wife, which technically David was stalking his wife. Like he is accurate. And he uploads it to the internet with a bunch of sovereign citizen jerks to profile FBI overreach. Oh, damn. David is just getting himself into more and more and more trouble. He just got out of trouble. Yep, I know. And so now, boom, the AG is pissed and she wants it called off. If she wants it called off, she wants Rossi back. She thinks this is going to be too much bad publicity, which, damn. Well, she I doesn't mean, want the whole thing called no, no, off. She just wants yeah. David gone and out of there. Well, no, period. but we don't actually know what she's going to do because she says, I'm going to have to figure out how to clean up this mess. So it kind of like suggests most things are being put on hold. And the guy who's there, because it's not like she says, pull Rossi home and send other people in his place. She does uh-huh. make it sound like she's shutting this thing down. No, right no, I, I didn't. No, I didn't hear it that way, because because that was the option that Emily was faced with. Either accept that you have to bring David Him. Rossi back here, take his badge, take his gun, or you can and, get fired too. Or you can get fired too. And that's why I think it sounds a little like she's being ordered to shut down this investigation. No, you see, I don't. I'm telling you, I don't read it that way. Okay. I read it that way. You can still have whatever hours of the 48 that are left, as long as Rossi is not involved. Okay, I can read. I and, can see how and, you read it that Okay, way. and so Emily is gives that, you know, the brain is going, okay, what are my calculations here? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, she, did, only, and she, she doesn't did have it, a move. No, Yeah. and she did it perfectly. Like, I, th- that's one of the best lines I've heard from Emily yeah. ever, right? Yes, like, ma'am. For once, she doesn't, for no reason, aggravate her supervisor. Exactly. And not only that, but then they get to go. Mm-hmm. So that means they have to change everything. Yep. They have to change uh, their what entire they were plan of operation, which we'll get but, to in a second. But first... Yep. We get another scene with Elias and his wife, which is great, with he's doing a great job of convincing her that there is no one she can trust and no one she can listen to but him. He is completely isolating her, yep. which again, handling it perfectly, and saying that he's going to fly up to Spokane and drive back in a rental car. That way, no one will know he, no one will know where he is, right? Uh, like the, he'll, he will definitely lose any tales if he does that. And he tells her to, you know, go hide in a hotel and I will meet you there. Then pick up the kids. Yep, pick up the kids. Hide in a hotel. I'll meet you there. And no, no phones. No phones from anybody because those are traceable. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I do like that though. Sydney is like, how am I going to keep our daughters off their phones? Yeah, it's the present day. Like that's not physically possible. Those are their entire lives. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like it's not how I grew up, but I could imagine like a kid whose their entire social life is on their phones. Being asked to, like, shut it off for two weeks? That would be insane. You know? Like, uh, I went away to a cabin in the fall, right? And I I was still at work. I was still working every day. But it's like, I had this dread in me that it's like, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of the nowhere. What if my internet goes down? Yeah, first time that's probably ever really happened to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was chilling. 
But it's the first, you're right. It's the first time this ever happened to me. I don't have it. I don't, uh, then again, I'm not really a phone person. I don't have the internet on my phone. I only use my phone. I don't even call people on my cell phone. It's literally just there for text messages so people can keep in touch with me. Yeah. So I am not, I am not a good person to, uh, like compare phone culture with. All right. Then we get Luke and Garcia and Garcia. He notices that she is too freaked out about her inability to find Tyler and manages to figure out right away that she's sleeping with Tyler. Yeah. And uh, criticize her because this is a disaster. And I love, does Prentice know? And she's like, of course, she told me not to sleep with him. And I did anyway. And then she wants to, I mean, that was what was so great about that scene. She's trying to explain to Luke how great this is because she can't talk to anybody. Yeah, no, I finally have someone to confess to. You know, and 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 it's so great, and I can't give it up, and 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 I need to talk to somebody, and she starts telling how no. <coughs> oh, JJ well, would tell should... me not. Prentice will, you know, yell at me, and JJ <laughs> will tell me to do the right thing, and Tara's all heartbroken, so I can't talk to her about how happy I am. So now I can talk to you. It's perfect. And yeah, and Luke says, "Yeah," and I'm. I love that Luke's reaction is, "Wait, I'm the last person you tell things to." <laughs> You know, I mean, it was a very nice scene. Oh, it is. It really You know, is. it gave you a little bit of a release from the friggin' tension that is going to start building now. Oh, yeah. No, for the rest, the next 20 minutes oh. or whatever, it's just pedal to the metal the entire way. Oh, Whew. I was just... <laughs> yeah. I tell you, that then I didn't stop. I stopped earlier, mm-hmm. but for, for that last sort of part of the episode, I didn't leave my screen yeah so david gets his uh you know david has spent the day like think trying to think about what to do he's been ducking phone calls from emily saying he's got to come back to quantico it's now after dark and he parks outside of voight's house and voight comes out to invite him in (laughs) yeah oh we're finally gonna have an honest conversation between them and so Voight uh, says, okay, well, no, you, you, maybe you shouldn't come in. I've I've got a woman in there who'll suffocate in the next three minutes, so I should probably go check on that. And so, of course, David... David has to go in. Yeah, he has to go in, even though he probably... He, he knows, knows it's that a it's a lie. He knows, but he can't not check. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so now we get the conversation. The fantastic conversation we've been waiting for. Not just because it mentions us specifically and that it confirms <laughs> that canonically in the world of Criminal Minds, uh, our podcast exists and that serial killers listen to it. <laughs> Not because of that. But still, it is nice that that's in that scene. And, but the fact that they use it as his way in to saying that you guys aren't great at your job. You yeah. walked in here on your own. You believe I'm a serial killer and you just walked right in. Yeah, I it was just it was you know the things that we complain about. Yeah. In the first 15 seasons, right? Yeah. And here's the great part. <laughs> David offers him a deal, as he says, a gentleman's agreement. You and he says, "You abandon your wife and daughter and I won't chase you." And Void is like, are you authorized to make that deal? And he's like, no, just I won't chase you. I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. 
Oh my God. And now we get into whether he really loves his family or not. Because yeah. he says he would never abandon his family because he genuinely loves them. And um, David says that makes him unique enough among psychopaths. I don't know that that's true. I mean, no. go and take a look at Dennis Rader's daughters, you know, talking in her book. And like, yeah. I think he genuinely loved his daughter. I mean, maybe loves. Yeah. He's still alive, right? Yeah. Like, and I think he probably loved his son. It's yeah. his two children's reactions to finding out. Yeah. It's, it's right? horrific, but it's like. There's enough there that it's like, yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah, but it's, I hate to use the term because I don't want to associate it with autistic people because it's a completely different thing. But there is a spectrum of psychopathy too. There is, uh, it, it is not an on-off switch. There is a layer to which you can shut off your emotional connection to other people. And some people still have a connection to their immediate family, even if they're able to brutally murder without it bothering them at all. So I don't think Elias is unique. I think he is a very well-painted portrait of this kind of deeply complicated guy. Yeah, and he is. Yeah. And it all goes, yes, anyway, I was going to say it all goes back to Alice Miller's sort of book for your own good, but we won't go there right yeah. now because... That's a whole other conversation. That, yeah, that's a Sunday conversation. Yeah. And he, uh, and he says that eventually, and this is a great job, because Joe says, eventually, Joe, David says, eventually, here's the thing. You're going to wind up killing your family. Yeah. Like, you can't keep this going. And Elias can't keep from reacting. So he, knowing he's onto something, said, ever since you killed your uncle, you've been thinking about killing your family too, haven't you? And he has another big reaction to that one. And so, again, it's just like cold reading. He knows he's onto something. Yeah. And here's my problem with the episode. He doesn't use the right term. <laughs> and I know they want to tie it to the title of the episode, but he says that the thing you're going through is called devolution. And it's not. It's called decompensation. And it's come up on the show before. But in case we never gave you a full primer, <coughs> compensation is the psychological method that people use to deal with stresses and traumas in their lives. And in the world of being a serial killer or any person who has to divide one half of their life from, say, a history of trauma, for example, but in a serial killer, it's worse because you have this whole part of your personality where you're out there murdering people and one where you're trying to be a regular member of society. You build a wall. That is how you compensate for this schism in your mind. Decompensation yeah. is when that wall breaks down. Yes, and you lose the ability to pretend that there are different halves of you and you just become a mess. This is when Ted Bundy goes from a guy with elaborate plans for getting women in the middle of nowhere and no one seeing him to a guy who breaks into a sorority house and murders everybody. Right? That's decompensation. That's Christopher Wilder's multi-state killing spree after, yes. you know, trying so hard to keep a secret for so long. That's decompensation. And... That is exactly what Voight is going through right now. He knows he can't keep the separate lives separate anymore. And so he's crumbling. Yeah, he's slowly crumbling. And that mm -hmm. is probably what happens to most of them. Oh, yeah. It doesn't begin right away. Mm -hmm. And you can find other things. Yes, but uh, devolution. Yeah, devolution. Well, it's a cute name for it, but it's decompensating. 
Yes, and I've used I've or I've I've used the wrong words for decompensation at times too. Um, but yes, and it goes to okay. But he uses devolution because this whole season is called evolution. Oh, I know why he uses it. I'm just <laughs> correcting them. That's why we're here. Remember? Yes. And as I said, and up to this point, we haven't had a complaint. So yeah. no, no. You know, I it's mean, a, it was no, about it's a, time. Even with one them because the thing is it's not like this is a mistake they chose no. to use the wrong word yeah right for the store for the t- uh to tie in with the title of the episode and because david wants to draw a line by saying maybe i'm devolving too because you can't say david is decompensating that wouldn't make sense so like no. he wants to draw a line between them and yeah. arrogance is what got both of them here and we find out that really well at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode, at the end of the scene, because as Void says, why do you think I need a trick? Like, why do you think I need to hide weapons or drug your wine? You're an old man. Yeah. And then you're he's 70 just, years old. You're 70 years and old. I'm not. And I'm not. Oh, perfect. Yep. Yeah. And then he just beats up David. Yep. And it's not difficult at all because David is a 70 year old man and the show yep. understands this. You know, remember when they did that whole uh, fa- the face-off killer thing of him worried he was losing his virility because he had gotten yeah. taken down by a killer? Yeah, this is a much better version of that. So much mm-hmm. of this season is much better versions of stuff they tried to do in the past. <laughs> uh, now we get August 2012 flashback where Sydney is pregnant with their second daughter and they're coming to look at the house <gasps> that they are going to buy. Oof. Yeah. And he's actually, and again, great performance from him. Just with the looks he does of trying to imagine what his life will be like if he actually tries to do the family man thing. If he actually tries to commit to this. Like, such a good choice. Wow. Such a good choice. No, it is. It's, um, this is the final step. Yeah. And he's like, I'll put creating down- this entire other life. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking to myself when I when he was looking at that one door and stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, is he also at the bottom of his head going, it's also got space for me to have my <laughs> own space, my secret room where I put all of my serial killer stuff. You know, I mean, that was um, because remember, he does have um, he did have one of the kits in his garage, of course, which I assume so, he's gotten rid of. Oh, well, yeah. He's not a dupe. All right. So then Elias goes out and he grabs uh, David's car, uh, David's rental car. And uh, interestingly, uh, he's just driving a rental car. So I guess FBI budgets have been cut. And now uh, they no longer have every office in the country no longer has like a fleet of black SUVs that are sitting around for guest FBI agents to use. As we were expected to believe for years. Now they just get cars at the airport. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, Tyler is outside <laughs> watching. So he yes. manages Yeah. So he manages to see as Elias drives into the backyard. Uh he doesn't actually see David get loaded into the car, but he knows it's happening and he follows them. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because, of course, unbeknownst to anybody, he's been tracking dave's david's phone this and now david's time. phone he can't he couldn't track the phone anymore anyway because this got shut off by uh void 
Right, yeah, because yeah. nobody can track David anymore. <laughs> and meanwhile, the team finds out that Tyler is stalking David. Yep. Because they go, uh, Garcia tries to turn his phone back on remotely or get into his phone, and she finds the malware. And the malware has her voice on it, so there's really only one person who could have possibly sent that. <laughs> well, two, but we know she didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so beautiful so everybody now knows we'll talk about that later yep <laughs> right now we've got to get to seattle and redmond and yeah well and they find out how do they find out okay that's after they get into the into the plane the jet yeah, yeah exactly yeah. uh so then we get a nice moment in the car where david tries to create an opportunity to escape by threatening to pee on himself in the car unless mm -hmm. uh voight pulls over and let him out you know yeah and he does it and the thing is it's a great situation because it's like we come back to arrogance because voight yes. knows david is looking to try something but he believes he can control david yeah Oh, and what David's hands are tied. Exactly. He in front he of him. Uh, one problem I had with the episode. Another it, problem. It's not, well, it's not a big problem, but, and I assume they could come up with this if they wanted to. I don't know how Tyler's got a gun. He flew from Washington to uh, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, you, although, you know what? I was about to say. I don't know the legality in America. Is it possible? And I mean, if this is true, then this isn't a complaint. This is just something I honestly don't know. So I'm happy to learn. Can you just like put your gun in a suitcase and like fill out a form that says you're flying with a gun? An unloaded gun? Like people have to be able to move guns around the country, don't they? Like they wouldn't let him take a gun on the plane in his like carry-on or in a holster or something unless he was no. a cop. But like... Can you just pack a gun in a bag and write on the form that says, I am transporting firearms. Here's my firearms license. Because if he can, I guess he could easily have a gun. Yeah, because it would just go into the hold and he would pick it up on when he got his luggage. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know what? I'm sure that's how it works. I just, I always wonder, like, is it actually easy to move guns around the country? But then I'm like, it's America. It's got to be, right? It's got to be easy. The The other thing is, is he could have a plastic gun. He could have no, made no, it. No, no, no. Uh, no, it's it's a full on real. It's not some, <laughs> yeah. it's not some 3D printed thing. It's a gun he bought in the store. <laughs> yeah. we, we see the gun. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, then... But but before Tyler can come and have a confrontation and try to ambush Voight, some good Samaritans show up to ask if the car is broken down. And of course, uh, Voight gives David the old, if you try to alarm them, I'm just going to have to kill them and you. So what's the point? Yes. And David doesn't want more deaths on his hands. Yeah, he knows that this isn't his move. Like there, nope. Like if it had been cops, he might have been willing to make his move. But it's not cops. It's just some guys. It was probably being nice. smarter. And the point is that that closed off Tyler's confrontation window. So he just has to go back to following them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, it, it, and it, it, it all flows, but it's so tense. It is. It's so tense. We're, we're not giving you any idea really when we're talking about it of just how tense this all is watching it because at one point Tyler does get out of the car with his gun 
Yep. And then he has to get back into it. Exactly. Because, like, he can't make his right? move. He's not going to have, like, the other guy, he knows that his one chance was to take Voight by surprise. But though that other car showing up means that Voight's going to be on edge. And so he's yes. he has lost the element of surprise. All right. So now they're on the plane and Will is flying with them. Oh, oh I'm so scared for next week. I know. That's exactly what I thought. So they're even Penelope's getting Will there? even going with them. It's not just that. Penelope's on the plane with them. Everybody but Emily is on that plane. Oh, nobody's I, safe. No. Nobody's Thank God safe. it didn't blow up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, there's still the one episode left. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, help us. I know. No, but they're on the ground. But I the mean, they is, do make it. So They go through the files from the kidnapping of the sister, and they go through all of the contact information Tyler left then, and they manage to find a heretofore unknown contact, like, phone number for him. And that's the phone he's got with him in Seattle and sorry, or Redmond, Washington, or now they're down at Yakima because they're going to the, yeah. they're going to where the uh, container was. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Void, Void is taking. Yeah. Uh, David to the first container. Exactly. Um, and what's interesting here is that they are able to, and with the knowledge, he's got that phone. Garcia is able to track it and they know to fly closer there. And it's just thinking me, uh, I was thinking about it in addition to like the Idaho killer that it like they were writing about it without realizing it. Damn. If the writers of the show had realized like the kind of floods and mudslides, California would be like the whole West coast, but California, especially, but the whole West coast was going to be dealing with this year. They could have written into the show that the reason they found the container was because there was a, a landslide that yeah. exposed it. How great yep. would that have been? Yep. Well, yes, that that would solve a lot of problems from the first, first but you episode, don't know that's yeah. going to happen. No, I know. But you couldn't have predicted it, but it's like, oh, no. imagine if they could have had that, right? Yeah. All right. Oh. All oh, right. So dear. he's bringing David out to the container because David's, you know, his career's messed up and he figures, okay, I'll, I'll fake a suicide. It's not yep. going to be very convincing because David was obviously in a fight, but... What the hell? You got to come up with something, right? He's he is tap dancing right now. He is just trying to come up with <laughs> something. But before and he, he does, yeah. he does. I mean, he does have that. It's a good plan. Come, it's a good plan. I mean, an explanation. Dave's career is falling apart and he His goes back to where dead. it all began. His wife is dead. He can't catch everything. The yeah, it tracks. It tracks. It tracks. It tracks. And. Then Tyler makes his move. So apparently Tyler showing up was very good because it's the only reason David doesn't die right here. Yeah. Uh, Tyler doesn't manage to hit, uh, doesn't manage to hit Voight and he gets shot in the shoulder for his trouble. But the important part is it saves David's life. Yes. But, and what I just, but the, here's the thing. Even Tyler is so good yeah. because he can't, because from David's point of view, he should take the shot. And Tyler just yeah. can't, he's still shaking. He's still so angry. Yeah. He has not dealt with any of this stuff. He is not a cold, quote, cold blooded killer. Nope. And, and actually being face to face with this guy and forced to think about his sister. Sister. He loses just, his resolve. Yeah. Ah, oh, such a good scene. He gets shot in the shoulder and Voight escapes with David. And now yeah. we flash back to the disastrous first date. This was <laughs> wonderful. And Luke, it's so funny. And it's, again, 
there hasn't been a bad Garcia scene all season. Nope. And this is just one of the best ones because it acknowledges how forced the attempt to get them together yeah. in season 15 was. We talked about it at the time. I thought you were crazy. Like, it seemed so forced that I thought, you can go back and check the tape. I thought she was crazy for suggesting that's what they were going to do with the characters in the last season. But you were right. And I just I, love that yeah. the show is acknowledging it. They're like, no, we were trying to force something. And it just, that's not their relationship. Like, again, they're, uh, they are Derek and Penelope without, you know, how should we put the toxic this? Masculinity. The toxic masculinity and the emotional manipulation Derek was always yes. pulling on her. Yeah. You know? Luke is a much more stable, sane guy. He's not there using, he is, you can never say that he is using Garcia to do all of his emotional labor for him the way Derek did. Yep. And like, he's not, you know, keeping her on a string to make sure she keeps doing it. Like he is a healthy guy. And I understand that people think they're cute together and they have fun bantering, but they're just not a romantic pairing. No, and this, it was just so wonderful because you're watching them and you just see if anybody's had those dates where, well, there's really nothing to talk about, right? Exactly. And then finally, Penelope says, you know, can I just tell you, this is kind of clunky. Yeah. And then he starts to laugh. He's so relieved. (laughs) Thank God, because she was... You know, and and then because she was only going to have two glasses of wine, like they did this so beautifully. It is. Like, it's such a because, nice scene. No, and then she says, "Well, now that she said she starts to drink," and he says, "Well, I thought you were only going to have two glasses." He says, "Well, now I know you're not trying to get me drunk. <laughs> I'm going to get me drunk." <laughs> oh, it's so good! Okay. Such a good scene. Like, it was such a nice scene, and I love that they did all of those flashbacks in black and white. Yep. I do do right no they separated it out in a really interesting way i think it was a smart choice it worked it worked beautifully yeah now to be fair just so we're clear we do understand that it's like uh yes tyler saved the day by uh rescuing david but we are not in like blind to the fact that he would have saved the day much more effectively had he just called the cops (laughs) of course he should have just called the cops but the show has done such a good job of setting up his monomaniacal obsession with tracking down his sister's killer that I think it earns him not calling the cops. Yeah. I, I I, I couldn't have seen it. If he lied to Penelope. Of course he was willing to not call the cops and try and settle it himself. Yeah. Now we, we still complain about the characters not calling the cops. Right. And David not calling the cops because David is, in a weird headspace right now. But okay. again, in another episode, I would complain more about David calling the not calling the cops, but the whole season has done a, such a good job of getting us inside David's, let's face it, almost suicidal headspace. Yep. To understand why he thinks he's going to go in there and prove it one last time. Yeah. Oh. All right. They they have they have done a good job and yeah I mean he should have just called everybody in the BAU. Yep, and told them what he was doing. Yeah, and, and you know, Emily would have there. skirted around, yeah. skirted around the issue with the and a- gotten the local and gotten the local FBI there to back him up. Yeah, but no, he went in. He thought he could handle it on his own because last year he did handle it his own when he was dealing with the face-off killer, 
and the the guy who cut off people's chests. God, that was a weird episode. <laughs> he did this exact thing with the guy who cut off people's chests. Yeah. And that worked fine. So why wouldn't this work fine? Uh, Except he's just not he doesn't have it straight. anymore. It is now, yeah, he doesn't have it anymore. And the and it is the BAU that mm-hmm. is um I mean, he's been there yeah. too long. He has. He really you know, has. for himself. I mean, he has never been a healthy, a mentally healthy person. Mm-hmm. And now it's all catching it's up. It's all hitting him at once. And Crystal's yeah. death has really been a catalyst. A catalyst, yeah. yeah. All right. So they find Tyler. He's still breathing. They're keeping pressure on the wound and they're calling an ambulance. So, whew. He might be okay. We don't know. We don't but know he might because be he's, okay. he's unconscious. Exactly. All right, so and, uh, back to uh, oh, sorry, Tara didn't get on the plane, so she's fine next week too. Uh, actually, <laughs> depending on where Void goes, we don't know what the hell his plan is. Uh, yeah. But the well, we is, do know where he's going immediately. We, yes, we where do he know goes where he's immediately, immediately because we see him. Uh, remember the, the little bunker he was in where where he called his wife from. Yep. That's where they go. That's where they go. That's where he brings David. And David's like, this doesn't smell like dead bodies. What exactly is this place? And that's a really good question. But Voight isn't looking to explain. And Dave comes up. Well, he does. I think he's probably right. Yeah. Dave's Dave's explanation, which is, so this is the, this is where the first happened. Yeah. This is where you started becoming a new person and you severed the two halves of your personality where there was Lee Duvall who kills people and Elias Voigt, who's a happy family man. Yeah. And as he says, but do you notice that you're not responding to Lee anymore? No, no. That you didn't hesitate when I called you Lee. Like you didn't question it at all. You responded to your real name without any hesitation whatsoever because you're losing the barrier. You know, it's again, it's, it's classic okay, yeah, decompensation. Right. Yeah. I only watched it the once and I'm, <laughs> I was still on, I'm, I, Let's even as I was being stressed, stressed by all of this going on. Yeah. You're still super is, high. I'm still on a high. Right? Of course you are. How could you not be? Uh, so <laughs> <Which is> probably- <laughs> he goes and he meets his uh, wife and daughters. We don't see the daughters. They have to save money. Uh, you know, they have to save money wherever they can. We didn't get a five-year-old version of their daughter when they were buying the house. And we don't get, you know, the daughters in the motel room here. Because again, you save money wherever you can. It wasn't important to see them this week. No, and we he, don't care about the daughters. It's not that. Well, with we their will grandmother. Actually, well, no, yes. she might have already picked them up. We don't know. Yeah, I'm sure she's picked them up already. But what I'm saying is that... Yeah, they're not important to this episode. They're going to be very important next week, but not this episode. All right. And he says, there's just one more thing I got to do. And then they get a, a, the whole team gathered out in the field in Yakima, get a phone call. <laughs> oh. oh. And it says, Chalit says, you know, if you want David back, let me go. And there's a live camera of him inside the container. Oh. Because David has a bit of claustrophobia to yep. reach. Oh. So Dave isn't thinking straight when nope. he's. He when he realizes he's on the camera, yeah, because he does, yeah, he should have given them some clue, yeah. But he's so to, panicked that he yeah. does. He's not thinking procedurally. He's not thinking. No, 
Yeah, because he doesn't think, who am I in contact with? Is it just him looking at me? Is it somebody else? So he just screams for help. It's like, no, try to give out information, David. But you know what? We don't know what's going to happen next week. <laughs> it oh was. Oh my God, what an episode. What an episode. Yeah. But, you know, it, from beginning to end, it was, as you say, it's the best episode of the season. And it's not because we're mentioned in it. No. I mean, um, that it's helps, because. But yeah, well, <laughs> that's just going to pretend it doesn't help. No, no, no. For us, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> it was great. I'm not going to pretend I'm not happy about it. No, no I'm not. I'm going to pretend and that doesn't using, influence me. And, and there is nothing. That Voight said about our podcast. That was that inaccurate. Was no, that no, is that no, is no. our feeling about the show. 100%. Yes, all you have to do is go and look at Dan's blog on Castle Vargelon. I'm going to do the do the push here. Yeah. Um, on to Cas that, Castle yeah. Vargelon. And one of the things that Dan does for every show did profiling, profiling help. help. And we have we have this Dirty Harry is zero out of 10. And, and Tony Hill would Tony be 10. Tony Hill is 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. And we've always had to explain who Tony Hill is because of this. But Dan does this every episode. Yeah. Did profiling help? And uh, frequently it doesn't. Yeah, frequently it doesn't. There's the odd two or so. Well, no, every now and then it's been like an yeah. important detail. But mostly we're talking twos and threes. Yeah. Well, sometimes zeros. <laughs> so, oh, there are some zeros. Zeros are when they fail to catch the killer and the killer like accomplishes everything they want to accomplish. Which happens a weirdly large amount on the show. Yeah, before before eventually they meet their Yeah. They uh you know, they wrap or like when one of their one of the people who they kidnapped murders them. I'm like, well yes. the team uh, zero is for when it would have played out the same whether the team showed up or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that is oh, something we're definitely thing... not dealing with this week. Whew. Okay, but here's another thing that I liked again. Yeah. Right, that you had local cops coming in with the BAU, yeah, to do the nice search. Yeah. Like you know, you just see the one cop car and you see these people. Yeah. But it is nice that um, the FBI or the BAU, that basically FBI, isn't being shown as dicks. I am going to reply, you know, just say that one more time. <laughs> that has know, made right? me happy. I mean, I because they never ever. Now I grant you, often the cops are. Rather, you know, how many times did you have a cop as the killer? You know? <laughs> I know, um, right? Yeah, yeah, that's happened too. Um, but yeah, no, this was an excellent episode to lead us to this final. I cannot wait until next like, week. Wow. Till next Friday. And everybody's in danger. Again, except for Tara and Emily. Yeah. Although, again, we don't know what his plan is. You know? Maybe, uh, let's not forget, there still might be an acid killer out there somewhere. Yeah, well, we oh, yes, and we did not. forget to mention, we did forget to mention that when sort of Emily and Tara's girlfriend and Tara are sitting and Tara starts to shake, she's so upset oh, about what's going on in Seattle, and the girlfriend puts her hand over Tara's hand. Yeah. That was a very nice very little nice touch. Moment. There is hope there. Actually, wait, I just realized... Um, the, the acid case, we know where the acid case was. It's in Rockville, Maryland, which is five minutes from where they work. Remember? Because they thought when they were doing the, um, the, the also in Rockville, Maryland was the killers who were, you know, uh, the safe room killers. 
And yeah. so they assumed the safe room killers, because they were also killing in Rockville, Maryland, must have been related to the case. But they weren't. But they weren't. There's still another killer with an acid-filled case in Rockville, Maryland. So, yeah, I guess Emily and Tara are less safe than I thought they were. Yes. They oh, might be. Damn. Well, let me put it this way. They're safer than David, maybe. Yeah, but... maybe. But <laughs> we could do that horrible thing where we think everything's over and somebody, you know, goes to their car and there's like an acid bomb inside their car as the last scene of the entire season. You know, they, they might screw us like that. You never know. The way they've been emotionally manipulating us all year. You can't you can't tell me that they wouldn't do that, can you? Well, and they might have written that last step. Like, like it depends on whether. Well, I mean, I what can't imagine. When season, did they find they're... out that they no, were going to have? Get... Well, I mean, oh, you think they might have shot two endings? Who knows? Yeah. Well, season seventeen. When did they find out? Because it was on IMDb pretty early this year, so yeah. it was during the hiatus. Because the numbers have got to be great. Yeah. No, I um, think they found out either during the hiatus or like. When yeah. The like it might have been right after episode six that maybe like the network wanted to make sure everybody right away watched episode six as well, and I'm yeah. sure everybody did. Well, they, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> the cliffhanger they had in episode five. How could you not? Right. <laughs> yes. Listen to our episode. Yeah. Uh, but so it wouldn't shock me if it, it they got the renewal during the break or in a, or right, right after episode six. I mean, we can go and check if we want, but that's not important yeah. right now. Uh, but yeah, I don't, there wasn't time to film a new ending, but is it no. possible that they filmed like two variations on an ending based on whether they thought they were going to come back or not? Other maybe shows have done wrote, that. Maybe they wrote two endings. Yeah, but it wouldn't matter if they didn't film. It doesn't matter what they wrote unless they, because uh, again, all the filming was done by the time they came back from, uh, uh, well, sorry, by the time they came back from a hiatus. So they would have had to have already filmed both endings if there are two endings i mean we're not this is just us guessing like we have no idea right no yeah and we have no idea we're, we're not just gonna thinking, find out until next friday frustrating isn't it i can't wait <laughs> there is no way that we are gonna find out until next friday mm -hmm. oh. oh god it's so exciting <laughs> Oh, it's God. so very, very exciting. <laughs> Jeez, I just, but it was this morning. It was a tense and you could, it, it was a very, very stressful in some ways until that halfway point. And then it was still very, very, very no, stressful. No, no, no. I think the key is right. Once you get to that halfway point, yeah. you know what, you don't know what game you're playing. Anything can no, happen. That's it. But once yeah. they have the confrontation, like, you know where the rest of the episode is going to go, and it's just going to be a question of how well they execute it. And let's face it, they execute it fantastically well. But oh, it's yeah. like anything could be happening right up until he walk like David walks right into the killer's lair. Yeah. And, and the fact yeah. that they did all of this work to get you to a place where you believe that they're going to have him walk right into the killer's lair. You know, that's fantastic. <laughs> They did, they did the whole year, right? They've yeah. been building up to this moment. And that's why they started with David being such a mess. Yeah. To get us to this point. And, and that when we get David's flashback at the beginning, as I said, that's when I said, yes, so David is going to die. 
And I mean, are it's we going not to impossible. get? Are we going to get him um, having having Crystal and dying in Crystal's arms? You know, Crystal. sort of. Oh, you mean have like a psychic flash yeah. to her? Yes, maybe. And, and you know, when the when the white light comes, I don't know. I don't know if the show would go that far, but you know, you never know. This we did have a couple of demons on the show, so it's not impossible. We had a couple of demons, and we've had. We've had those sorts of things. Remember, in the early days, when when we were still doing a show that was like Ed Bernero, remember, did yeah. want to do a show that was much more um, a psychic discover, a psychic journey of discovery. Well, we all remember right? when you know uh, uh, how many Elle. people have been. Yeah, L. Her dad showed yeah. up first season. Well, second season, first episode, second, second season. season. Yeah, yeah. It's like L showed up. You know, it's like they've been willing to go to that well a bunch of times. The last episode ever, same deal, right? That's yeah. a well they're willing to go to. And if they did that with David, that could be very meaningful and very interesting. Well, well particularly if it's like Crystal, at least, even if they only did it sort of at the end, if, if now we're postulating that David is going to die. If David <laughs> dies. If David dies, if they have Crystal at the end, welcoming her, her him into the light i will not complain no in fact you'll probably be crying i will probably be <laughs> crying and i don't like that kind of thing because everybody's heard my take on forrest gump and that friggin feather at the I end know. and it was a fine movie up to that point and that spoiled everything for me i'm not keen on that sort of stuff yeah but in this case with david i would because his life has been so hard. Yep. Such I mean, if I was agony. to, oh no, we're talking as if he's gonna die. I know. End. We gotta stop assuming <laughs> this character is gonna die. I can't. Everybody, I can't. you know, let's let's get our head around this, okay? Everybody's <laughs> neck is on the chopping block. Yeah, except that I'm already starting to tear up at the idea of Dave because I'm all of his life has of, in these sixteen episodes has been flashing. Because remember, and we've made a lot of complaints about David, and he's made a lot of mistakes. Yes. And David, and remember David and his best friend Malachi, and yeah. you know, and all of these things. And I'm just like, uh, and all of these marriages and the messed up and mm -hmm. the, the child he never knew, and and yeah, and the, there's a lot of know, agony the, there. There's a lot of agony and pain, and how he has been obsessive about some of these cases. Mm -hmm. We've watched him remember with the house. And the murders, you know, and I could just, I'm getting all this flashing and I'm just going, if he's got to die, at least let Crystal be there. At, the I know. at least give us that people. Give us that. I don't, because I, anyway. I get it. I completely at least get Ty it. I mean, Tyler is in a coma, basically a coma. Well, no, he's, uh, he, we are told that he is in stable condition as he has been uh, moved to the uh as he hospital. is being moved to the hospital but he lost a lot of blood so he's not out of the woods no he's and he is unconscious he is unconscious so um you know so there's always that i mean nobody else and but we're always afraid for josh oh my god are we ever we're always afraid for josh he's on this journey we've spent you know 10 years being worried that something's gonna happen to him yes and we've already had a scare with him you know, we've already had a <sighs> huge scare with him, so yeah. mm, that's it's going to be rough. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to know until the end, but nope. if if uh, we'll see the the finality. But this episode was 
setting us up for the finale it did a bang up job mm-hmm. it really you know? really did so it does leave you on tender hooks with the suspicion but um you know it's just i as i said there are some things simply because i want i i yeah why have we watched i criminal minds for <laughs> 16 seasons, seasons right right i know and uh it, it it is a sometimes it's a mystery to me yeah i've watched you know you can hear me go back and listen to all of our first 15 season episodes and i understood why we were watching it in the beginning by the mm-hmm. end i'm going what the hell am i watching this for yeah. but i'm yeah. still watching it because whatever else they did okay they did so many things that were wrong but they really created characters that you wanted to follow That's and true. that you wanted to know and this is why it was so hard on the whole um uh i would say universe of criminal minds fans when hotch was killed or hotch was hotch hotch ended up in witness pr- protection and it was gone mm-hmm. right I'm just talking about within the show. It was so hard because we were so invested yeah. in that character. And we, and for us, it was, it was very difficult because we saw sort of nobody could take date his place. They never created a character. The funny thing is, if I was to say anything about season 16, they have turned into Emily into someone who could take the place of Hotch. Yeah. She's getting close. You know, like that was what you never believed she could manage the team before, but now you're really feeling yeah. like it. Yeah. And it's, and that is um, a positive. And we can say this because we're going to go on to season 17. And I am sure Emily's, you know, going to be in season 17. Oh, absolutely. Now we're at the point where Emily, I would never liked her replacing, like, like what they did with her in those last after, after, after season 11, three yeah. years four years the last um, three seasons uh, yeah 12 13 14 oh, you're right sorry the last four seasons yeah and so i mean and we're we're not shy she's coming into her that. own no she is coming into but her she's own coming family. into her own she looks the part mm-hmm. she she has that kind of command she has that ability to deal with the authorities and get around them. Yes, she pisses them off. But Doug, <laughs> I mean, you could piss off Doug. I mean, Doug's, yes, yeah. he's just the assistant. Notice Doug has lost his also like Tara's girlfriend gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, he, might be, he really has. So we're going to see what happens with him next week. Because I, I assume we're going to be seeing him too. Well, if we don't see him next week, we might see him next year. He might be. Yeah, he might be. He back. might have gone into actual real FBI training and decided that was his <laughs> calling, and that's what he was going to do, and he was going to work his way into the BAU. You <laughs> never know. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't. I mean that. What this is making me, even though I haven't seen the Ender, and even if it is a letdown, if there are problems with it, I am excited about season seventeen. Yeah. No, I've, you're right. If there's one thing. Right, that this has definitely put us in the mind, headspace of it. It's like we can fully trust them to do the next season, whatever it is. Like, yeah, they they have so completely like convinced me that we can trust them going forward with the show. That it's like even if they, I don't think they're going to botch the season ender. 
I have no reason to suspect, based on everything they've done thus far, that they're going to botch the season ender. But even if they did, they have the show has improved so much to become Evolution. Yeah. Give them another year to figure it out. It's oh, huge. yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not. I As I said, doesn't matter how the season ends, like how that season ender works. Yep. I mean, it's going to be a season ender. Something's going to happen. Voight's got to be. The the only thing that would drive me crazy is, is if Void got away. Up. Yeah, no, I'm sure he's getting wrapped. He has up to be year. wrapped up. He has to be dead at probably. The end of yeah, of t- ten, not in jail, dead. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all because uh, he is too evil to keep to around. Survive. No, I totally get it. You I'm know. right there with you. Sorry, no, he's I, get it. I get it. He's too smart and he's too evil and I don't want him around hanging around. <laughs> no. I don't we don't him. we don't need to go visit him like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh jeez. Yes. You know it's he not says, impossible. Yes. You know it's not impossible. Oh, please. We got don't Michael do that. on uh hey, Michael showed up on uh Wire in the Blood. It's not like this isn't something that has been has Yeah, been, and that that done. was their last season. Yeah, well, that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Michael <laughs> shows up, the Hannibal Lecter character, right, in White Blood, the show, yeah. and that killed the show. Yeah, you can I'm make, say you can make right that. Now. You can make that argument definitely. You All can right. make that argument if you want to hear us talk more show. about that. Check out our criminal, our um, our profiling Wire minds, in Wire in the Blood special episodes, and it'll be uh, an education. All right, so we're going to okay. wrap it up here. Thank you so much for um, listening to us. Let's face it narcissistically talk about how happy we were to get mentioned on criminal minds because we are i'm not going to pretend we're not no we're not i'm going to tell everybody i have a history club meeting boom these students Uh, and here's here's the thing i was saying is that my students and if i could tell the whole student body they would all understand oh of course how how important this is and what an event this is Mm -hmm. and this is going to cement my position with students right Teachers? Um, uh, my peers so my peers not too many well some of them my friend peers the friends that are peers yes they will understand that this is important to me and sure but you know basically they don't live in that world yeah <laughs> and i mean they don't really understand doing this podcast well yeah you know and okay yeah no this is important why do you think I can teach film? Yeah. You know, why do you think this is this world, not the world of even 20 or 30 years ago? It is different. And this is exciting for us. And it's important. And it's so us, cool. It's fantastic. It's so cool. It is just so cool. It it's is. already on our profiling Criminal Minds Facebook page yeah. that Elias, Elias Voigt, is a Listen watcher of, of yes, a listener of Profiling Criminal Minds. And I put it on my Facebook page now. As featured I, on the show, Criminal Minds. <laughs> I know, right? I, no, I don't explain. No, People of course who not. know who Elias Voigt are will we'll understand. Yeah. We'll get it because That's all I hilarious. put was, you know, I just put, you know, he listens to our podcast and um, they will get it, but everybody else won't <laughs> you know <laughs> just going all these other people yeah. that are on my f- facebook friends and the rest of it aren't really going to understand just how this makes me feel how this makes you feel and i'm going <laughs> okay well maybe we should start thinking more seriously about our website and yeah and and selling things and stuff like that. <laughs> 
And then I'm going to be selling anything. That's a conversation we can have later. No, 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 no. All right. But for now, for now, we're going to. Our cups. I know, I know. know. We'll talk about that later is my point. Uh, for now, it's not going to happen. If you have way, any questions, but... if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related <laughs> fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you are <laughs> listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you back here next week uh, for the grand finale of the season. And honestly, we'll probably do a bonus episode going over the season afterwards. Uh, you know, rather than make that a three hour episode. <laughs> and, uh, more importantly though, let's just say there might be a bonus episode at the start of next week. Who can say? We're not going to yeah. tell you what it is because, you know, stuff could keep it from happening, but maybe be on the lookout for a bonus episode if you like Criminal Minds. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Uh, for now though, we will see you back here next time. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And I can't wait till next week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.